0: God will pour out blessing upon blessing in your life, giving you all the joy you need and the love you need and all the patience you need and all the wisdom you need and all the mercy you need and all the grace you need. And that's God's promise to us because we are his family. We are adopted. We are sealed. And those things are ours. Amen. Well, good to see you this morning. I'll give the Lord a hand again, please. We're glad you're here this morning. If you will, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, please. Ephesians chapter 1. And let's look at this text together this morning. And as I was reading this, I, I, just it just came to my mind, if he, had, if he had to do it over, if Christ had to do it all over, and just, just uh, put that question in your mind as we read this text here. And what we want to see this morning is, is if he had to do it over, Meaning that we're going to see here in this text that God chose you. He loves you. He knew everything about us, of what we were, what we are, what we're going to be. And he chose us. And here's the thing. If he had to do it all over again, he would still choose us. He would still choose us. Look at it. Ephesians chapter 1. And of course, Paul Paul here introduces himself, and he's talking about himself, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. So who's his audience? It's the Christians. You see, sometimes we get to a place, and as we're going to see here, that apparently Ephesians were feeling a little bit not sure about their relationship in Christ, and about perhaps everything that they've done or they're doing, and and just wasn't sure about this whole security thing in a love relationship with God. And does God really love me? Did He really choose me? I mean, and so they were struggling, and so God, through the Holy Spirit, just breathes these words into the mouth of the Apostle Paul, and He records this for us, and so all of us can know for sure of how God feels about us. And notice what it says. And Paul says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. Stop just a minute. Sometimes we don't think we can be good, but God does. You see it there? And notice what it says in verse 5. He predestined us to adoption. In other words, God's will is for all men to be saved. Everybody say amen. And he knew who wouldn't. He knew who was going to be. And that's what it's talking about here. For he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind attention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heavens and things on earth in him. Also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose and works, all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who, the, who were the first to hope in Christ would be in the praise of his glory. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit, a promise, who was given as a pledge, as a guarantee of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession. You see that? You're God's own possession to the praise of his glory. Lord, we love you this morning. And Father, we do once again just come to you and just just overwhelmed, Lord, by, by you loving us and by you adopting us and by you selling us and guaranteeing us. And no matter what, no matter what's happening, that you love us, and that the power of Jesus Christ um, is there, and it saved us, and it sealed us into the day of redemption, and Lord, that's never going to change. So God, we praise you for that this morning, and we thank you. And we just in our lives, our responsibility is to is to is to show that glory and be a testimony to others. And so, Lord, I pray this morning if there's one here that's never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that Lord, they'll know this morning that that they too are predestined. That it is God's will for everyone here, of no matter who or what or how, that they accept you as Lord and Savior and Master, and to receive these things in which. Which you promised to us that who believe in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, Lord, for redemption upon those who are not redeemed. We pray this morning, Lord, for those who have redemption, but 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 just don't fill it, just don't do it, just don't don't they don't get it all the time, Lord. We pray that you'll renew their spirit, and that they'll be comfortable and confident in the relationship that that they have in Christ Jesus. We love you and we give you praise in Christ's name, amen. I came across a story, and I want to read it to you. Ralph Johnson and his wife were married for many years, and they were unable to have children. So as a result, they sought after adoption like many do. And not long after seeking adoption, they found... um, They found a little boy through this adoption agency, and his name was Quincy. And by this time, he was 12 years old. True story. He was little for his age, he was very skinny. He didn't smile very much. He didn't smile very much because he hadn't had a whole lot happen in his life that made him want to smile. By the age of 12, you see, Quincy had been beaten. Arms were broken. Legs were broken. He had been burned with boiling water. He had been assaulted and even abandoned. And all of this by his parents. The Johnson family adopted this young boy named Quincy, and soon his life became very, very different. and very difficult for even Quincy to kind of comprehend, you see, because Quincy had never been able to trust anyone. And because of his lack of faith of people, he tried running away many, many times from this Johnson family who adopted him. And after much time and trials, he got past this desire to run away. But he began to be but he began to develop other problems. One of which was acute separation anxiety. I guess he decided that um, since he no longer wanted to to leave, that perhaps others around him would. And so he developed this acute separation anxiety. Kind of a sad story, isn't it? And, of course, as that story ended, that, you know, Quincy um, worked out all of these issues and problems and grown up to be a fine man and outstanding in his in his community, but you know, from a spiritual perspective, I've I've met a few Quincys. In fact, um, there has been a few times in my own spiritual life when I have related to God exactly the same way that perhaps Quincy related to his own parents. Sometimes timid and cowering. Sometimes all of us can maybe kind of understand this and and in our own spiritual life with God is that sometimes, you know, we we think, you know, we need to run away, but yet afraid of being abandoned. Can I get an amen out there? Um, Not having a clue about what it means to be part of really part of God's family. But today we want to discover that God loves you right and I know you know that and but I, I want you to really get it this morning that God that God created you for a certain purpose that that God loves you despite of all these things that we may hold against ourselves and look down upon ourselves that even in our spiritual life in Jesus Christ even if, when this world makes us want to cower down and and even in our own self that we know we've done some things wrong I want us to understand this morning that God loves us and we are still into the day of redemption and that God knows all about us and He has a great future for all of us this morning. Everybody say amen. Amen. We want us to understand that. And so um, if you've ever felt unsure about your role in the body of Christ, if you've ever felt unsure about your usefulness or your acceptableness to God, then I want you to pay close attention for the next 20 minutes because these few verses tell us three important things about our identity in Jesus Christ. You hear me? These verses tell us three wonderful, great things in our our identity in Christ Jesus. Write these down. Remind yourselves about these things, all right? Hey, listen, here's how how the the rubber meets the road. Here's how the cow eats the cabbage, if you will, is that you know we have an enemy, and his name is Satan. Can I have an amen? And, And what he wants us to do is he wants us to take us out. He doesn't want us to get saved. He doesn't want you to get saved. He doesn't want you to find that relationship in Jesus Christ that God has certainly wants to have for for you in his life. He doesn't want that. And for us Christians who've accepted Christ, he, he wants you to feel like you're miserable. He wants you to feel to be miserable. He wants you to feel like you don't deserve to be in the family of God. But listen, our Bible tells us something totally different. Amen? So notice three things this morning that shows us our identity in Christ. Number one, number one, You've been on God's mind from the beginning. Do you hear that, everybody? You, individually, have been on God's mind from the beginning from the beginning. We see that in verses 4 and 5. From the beginning God knew your name. From the beginning God knew you. You have been on God's mind from the very beginning. Can you believe that? Can you? Do you understand that? We're talking about millions and millions of years even before Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 because why? God has always existed. You were on God's mind. He knew you. He knew when you were going to be born. He knew all things about you. He knew you. You were on God's mind. And what did God want? He wanted He wanted a relationship. He wanted you to be saved. He wanted you to be redeemed. He wanted you to, to be able to live this life and, and give him praise and glory. And he, wants to, and he wanted to spend eternity with you. God had you on his mind just as he has had everybody on his, on his mind. Isn't that wonderful? You know, maybe you were like me when I was a kid. Um, I was I was a little scrawny thing, believe it or not. This, you know, when I was a kid, You can't tell that now. But, but you know, maybe you were like me, and um, and so I want some I want some really heart filled awes here in a minute. So so I, I just I want some sympathy this morning, okay? There you go. Let's practice aw. Okay. I remember, you know, when I was a kid, we lived on South 15th Street in Coppers Cove, Texas. And, uh, you know, um, and uh, there you go. I like that one. Is that you, JC, or is. Both of you, okay, I, okay. But uh, we lived, we lived in town, and and you know, we had the neighborhood kids and, and stuff like that. Maybe you were like me, and and you know, and every, you know, after school we'd get out and play football, or or we'd get out and ride our bikes, or we'd do some kind of sport or something like that. But but I was a pretty scrawny kid, you know. Even when I was you know 12 or 13 years old, I wasn't very tall, and I probably didn't weigh 100 pounds, 80 pounds probably. But I was real small, and you know I was always fast, but you know I wasn't strong or anything like that. And so when we play, you know, games, we would pick right, and and we'd pick teams. And you know, you know, a lot of times, most of the time, you know, uh, my name was the last name to be called. Thank you, thank you very much. But next time, I want a little bit more out of you, okay? Just a little bit more okay and uh um and and you know have you ever have you ever felt felt that you know um yeah, anybody you know, yeah, I get a uh, nanette raises her hand, she's the only other honest one here, and um I, I say that to say this is that um sometimes you know we think in life that that people regret did they do they do they regret you know picking me did they did they you know when we when we start growing up you know do they regret hiring me does does my spouse regret marrying me you know some- you know what I, you know where I'm going with this you see what i'm saying sometimes we 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 think in terms of other people that they might regret us for something. I just want you to know one thing this morning, that God never regrets choosing you. God never once has doubted that and regrets choosing you from the foundations of this earth. Isn't that good? Never once. Never once has he regretted that. Never once. Now the message... Of Ephesians is that God accepted you into the body of Christ, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. And you are part of his plan. And from the beginning, he has wanted you to be a member of his family. Listen, from the very beginning, God has had a plan for you. And so I know in our minds, and so we have to think, am I fulfilling that plan that God has for me? And sometimes we don't do that. A lot of times we don't do that. But nevertheless, that's the message of Ephesians here is that God has accepted you into his body, not because he had to, but because he wanted to, and you are part of his plan. Look at verse 5. It says, "...his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus." So despite how things are going for you, despite your flaws and what you may have or may not have accomplished, you are his plan." cornerstone baptist church listen up you are his plan so we've got to get settled settled in our hearts that god has chosen us that he loves us in spite of everything but listen to me you are part of this family at cornerstone baptist church and guess what god has a plan and he has a plan for you right here right here and it's to be ministers of the gospel of jesus christ is to be part of this local church and to reach out to those around us and be the church and and of course to encourage and sharpen one another. That's what God's plan is for all of us here. You know, this evening we're going to have a good time going out there and playing some softball and, and playing some washers and sitting around and talking and drinking some coffee and some water and, and eating some good food. By the way, I've, I put two big old pork roasts on the smoker yesterday and I smoked, them, I smoked it for 18 hours. Let me tell you, we're going to have pulled pork tonight too. Just make your mouth water just a little bit, Okay. But we're going to have a great time. But look, God has a purpose and He has a plan. And 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 we get to fellowship, we get to have fun. But look, each and every one of us here, we have a job to do, and and we have a job to do is to is to promote and to praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as a family unit. He's given you gifts, He's given you special abilities, and we've got to use them. That is God's plan for us. Amen, everybody. That's what it is. Now. Whether or not you think it's possible for you to become, well, let's back up just a minute here. Um, Look at at, um, verse 4. He says, long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us to be holy without fault in his eyes. Now, whether or not you think it's possible for you to become holy and blameless, the Bible is clear. Look at me. God thinks it is. And that's all that matters. And that, that should encourage us to, be, to, to live righteous before God and to lift our standards up uh, because whether or not you think you can, God thinks you can, so in his power and strength and might, he does. Hey, um, just, just real quick, um, I was studying this week, has nothing to do with this message, but I want to give this to you. you. You know how we become this holy people, this blameless people? You know how we do that? It's by, it's by letting God do a work in us. Now you remember the remember, remember in the Bible there's the parable of the sower. Remember that that there was the three kinds of soil and one soil was the good soil. Well, that word good soil comes from the Greek word hamus hamus. Now now hamus has to do with 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 this. You know when you when you come to a portion of land, um, it, it's hard, right? And so what do, you have, what do you have to do to hard soil? Anybody? Till it. Us farmers, we would say, "What, Glenn? Plow it, right? You, you plow it, till it, plow." it, But you want to loosen up. Now, this word hamus, hamus, is not just talking about that hard soil or just any soil. In that parable of the of the of the sower, this good soil is talking about fertile soil. That good black flaky soil, you know that that comes from you know the the cow manures and the vegetation that's come down and stuff like that. But it's that good fertile soil, and so God wants us to be a fertile fertile soil, and if and we need to be a good soil. And so sometimes, so what has to happen is is we got to get plowed up, right? We got to get ourselves out of it and allow the God to come into us. But it's done by getting into God's word. It's done by having fellowship with other Christians. It's done by coming to church. It's done by being challenged. It's done by letting the Holy Spirit have its way and being obedient to the Holy Spirit. But but look, we've got to be in God's Word for that to happen, for us to, to get to that place of being blamed. You may not think you can do it. You may think you have so many hang-ups, but I want you to know that that doesn't matter what you think, but God says it's possible, and He's God, and He's always right. We just have to align ourselves with Him. Everybody say amen. So don't put limits on ourselves. Because God says there's no limits in him, and he says we can be be right, and he is always right. Now, number two, number two, number one, you have been on God's mind. Number two, you belong to God, and that will never change. That's in verse 5. Ephesians defines our relationship with God, listen to me, in permanent terms. It says, first of all, that we have been adopted. Now, do you know what that means to be adopted? I'm I'm sure all of us have an idea. But the citizens of Ephesus understood the significance of this word adoption because it was common in their society. Now, listen up, listen close. Adoption wasn't just a case of childless parents choosing to provide a home for a child without parents, and certainly that was some of the cases, but not in all cases, because that was really just one aspect of it. But adoptions also frequently occurred for business or political reasons, and it wasn't all uncommon for one grown man to adopt another grown man to ensure that his wealth and his power or his position was passed on like he wanted. For example, this occurred when the Roman emperor Claudius adopted Nero, whom he wanted to be his successor. Now, most importantly, adoptions were irrevocable. Do you hear me? Even today, adoptions are irrevocable. In fact, a man could disown his own birth son, but he could never disown his adopted son. It was a permanent relationship. Listen to me, cornerstone. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and you repented of your sins, and by by faith through through by faith through grace you accepted Jesus Christ, understand that your relationship with God with God is irreversible. Isn't that good to know? You, the Bible says you've been adopted into the family of God. So listen, get comfortable because you're in his family and it's irrevocable. Amen. Now yeah, give the Lord a hand. It's irrevocable. Get comfortable because listen, you're here to stay and God's not going to leave you alone about it. Now we know what Romans chapter one says that if we who call ourselves Christians and, and we call upon him and, and we live for him and then one day we get away from it and God says that sometimes he'll let, us, he'll let us go because of our reprobate mind, right? But God, but listen, that's not God's primary purpose and plan for us is to live for him. So as Christians, let's get comfortable that we're not going to change this thing, that we're God's forever. And so let's get after being the Christian that God has called us to be. Amen? Now, another symbol of permanence we see here is in verse 7, and it says, God is so rich in love that he purchased our freedom through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, that word redemption, that word redemption is an important word. It comes from the marketplace. It refers to buying back an item, more specifically, a person that would otherwise be lost, taken prisoner, or destroyed. It was used to describe the purchasing of freedom for a slave or a prisoner of war or even uh, someone who was condemned to die. When the ransom is paid, the prisoner is free. Do you hear me? Free. We are Free. Another symbol of permanence is that of the Holy Spirit. It's given to us in verse 13 and 14. Notice what it says, as a guarantee. The Holy Spirit guarantees us until the day of redemption. In other words, it's permanent. A relationship with God is permanent. You see it? In all three aspects here, our relationship with God is permanent, so you better get comfortable and get busy serving Jesus Christ. And stop messing around and making excuses and feeling sorry for yourselves. Listen, get busy and start serving Him because you're in a permanent relationship with Him. Yes. Verse 14, notice this word earnest in, in, our, in, in our King James, and that means guarantee. This is a business term that refers to a pledge of money or earnest money to be paid up front to ensure that full payment is paid later. Listen, church, Jesus Christ prom- promised us eternal life. Hallelujah. It promised us eternal life, and when we get saved, we are sealed of that which was promised, the Holy Spirit. It's a guarantee a guarantee. It's a deposit. It's a guarantee. Verse 15 of our inheritance. Do you see it? Of our inheritance in verse 15, just like if a man gave a deposit on a purchase and said he would come back later to pick it up. It's a guarantee. Hey, listen up. Just about done. Hey, listen, Jesus is coming again. Can I have an amen? And he's, he's coming to back. We don't know when the day is, It could be today it could be tomorrow it could be in a thousand years we don't know that's up to him but we do know that Jesus is coming someday and to take with him what he's already paid for and that's you and me that's all born-again believers listen that's what the Bible says and if you are covered by his blood if you are sealed by the Holy Spirit you have that guarantee that when he comes he's gonna take you with Him. hallelujah Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So get comfortable, because if God started that work in you, listen to me, church. He he wants to work in you every day and finish you. Again, just put it all together, but we've got to be that good soil. We've got to be that hummus that fertile soul that God can, can take us and use us to right here where we're at, despite of our failures, despite of, of our present failures, but knowing that, that we're in a relationship with God, and by His grace and by His word, we are called into relationship with Him. Yes? Number three, and this is it. Number three. This is what identifies you, again, as His, right? Number three, everything you need, you can have. Verses three and eight. Verses three and eight. You know, back to our story with Quincy. Quincy didn't get it, just like a lot of us probably don't get it. The Johnsons wanted him, they chose him, they adopted him. He will never be hungry, he will never be cold. They will never purpose harm upon him, but little Quincy didn't realize that his new family is committed to giving him whatever he needs. You know, friend, God is committed to you. You hear me? Sometimes we we don't feel that way, but I want you to know that God is committed to you. If you have listen if you have not yet been adopted by God if you have not yet stretched your your faith in Jesus Christ you must do so because everything that you that you that you need you can have but first you have to stretch out that faith and accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior yes you know, we go through life and, and we're, we're in search of something, something to provide, and something that's meaningful in, in our in, for our lives. And the whole time that we're that we're searching after things, what it is is the relationship with Jesus Christ. What you're looking for, because He will supply everything that you need. Can I have an amen? Sometimes believers are just as slow to grasp God's goodness in their lives. Listen, God didn't bring you this far to abandon you. Right now where you sit, maybe life is not going the way that you planned for it to go. Maybe things are getting turned upside down in your life. But will you understand and believe this, and believe by God's word, that uh, that he didn't bring you this far to abandon you? He didn't save you with the intention of leaving you all alone. Paul said in verse 3, He said, the God of heaven, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we belong to Christ, is what it says. We belong to Christ, and we have every blessing spiritually that's in heaven. Verse 8, it says, he has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding, Sometimes we feel like we don't get those things, it's because we're not putting ourselves in the place to receive those things, you see. We're not that good soil, that humus. Now, God is generous. Understand that God does not withhold his kindness, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his compassion, his blessings from us. Understand these verses tell us that he showers us with kindness and that he will bestow upon us generously. If you're willing to receive it, 2 Corinthians 9 8. Listen to this. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound in every good work. Paul isn't talking, listen, he's not talking exclusively about our physical needs. He's referring to our emotional needs. He's referring to our spiritual needs. What it's saying here is this, church, is this. Just, we got to make ourselves willing to receive it god will pour out blessing upon blessing in your life giving you all the joy you need and the love you need and all the patience you need and all the wisdom you need and all the mercy you need and all the grace you need and on and on and on and on that's god's promise to us because we are his family we are adopted we are sealed and those things are ours Often we try to manufacture these things on our own, but they're a lot sweeter and a lot better when we receive them from Christ. Look, he wants to shower us with all these things, but we just got to put us ourselves in a place to receive those things. And for some of us, it looks like different things. For some of us, there needs to be repentance. Us Christians who are saved by grace through faith, sometimes there's things that we need to ask God forgiveness before we can be showered. Everybody say Amen. But a lot of times, it's just us taking that step of faith, even as Christians, saying, Lord, I'm not everything I should be. Lord, I'm stepping out, and I'm trusting you. And when you do, angel, and when you do, God will shower you with blessings. You know, Allie called me this week while I was in San Diego. By the way, perfect weather. Never got above 76 degrees but uh, we went to a conference, a leadership conference up there, but Allie called me while I was up there, and she has been looking for a job as well, and, and she got hired on this week at Amazon, and so praise the Lord for that. And, uh, but you know, you got to step out in faith, and that's a lot of times what we lack in our lives. But look, if you're here this morning, understand this, is that our identity, our identity is in Jesus Christ. And sometimes we lack in life because we don't take that identity and live that identity and believe that identity. And what we need to do is live in that identity of Jesus Christ. We are his family, it's irrevocable. Get comfortable living it. Listen, that's God's word. Amen. Let's all stand and um, let's bow our heads for a moment, and we'll have our invitation. Every head bowed. Every head bowed. If God wanted to, He could stop time. He could erase everything and go back and start this whole thing over again. He's God. And if He did, he would still choose you because of his great love for you he doesn't have to scripture says that God commandeth his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us all that Christ has done before was done for each person in this room in this world but that's not enough to save you today Christ provided the redemption he provided the perfect sacrifice his son Jesus Christ but you see you've got to believe that you've got to want that and believe by grace through faith that Jesus Christ did that for you if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior there's an identity for you in God and all those all those things that that God has built into our to our souls that that yearn for something it's it's him is what it yearns for But it takes a step of faith, you see. A step of faith and call upon, calling upon him as Lord and Savior and Master. And believe it in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. And you profess with your mouth. And then redemption is yours. Identity is yours. Adoption is yours. That sealing of the salvation, that guarantee of the day of redemption is yours. Is that you? Have you? Do you know for sure that Jesus Christ is your Savior? If not, you come this morning and accept him. And Christian, um, if, if whatever God has spoken in your hearts this morning, hey, Christian, get comfortable. Stop making excuses. Get comfortable. And live for him and live for him. And purpose yourself in him in all things. Get comfortable because no matter what, what we're feeling, no matter what life throws at us, um, we can't get rid of this relationship. So get comfortable, go ahead and meet it and embrace it, and go ahead and be be fulfilled in it. Because you know, the Christian who is not comfortable in the relationship with God is more miserable than a person who isn't saved without a relationship with God. And that's the truth.